James has been incarcerated for 20 years, essentially for uh, sounding black. There was a robbery at a restaurant called Carlos O'Kelly's outside of Topeka, Kansas. This robbery occurred Super Bowl Day 2002, January 24th. I believe the Super Bowl was the greatest show on turf. Mr. Kurt Warner going up against a young Tom Brady where Adam Vinatieri ended up kicking the field goal which devastated the odds makers at that time. But nobody expected Tom Brady to do what he did against the greatest show on turf. So at this time, 11 a.m., people are getting up, they're barbecuing, they're getting ready for this tremendous Super Bowl. There was a robbery at Carlos O'Kelly's. The manager of that robber of, of the restaurant, his name was Bob Frazier. Now, Bob did not get killed. He was shot in the chest and he was paralyzed from the waist down. Bob testified at trial that he was blindfolded and that he did not know who his perpetrator was, who his shooter was. However, he knew that he sounded black. When this was said that day, you know, that, that this was a, a black man that did this by the sound of his voice because he didn't see who it was. All he heard was somebody come up behind him and tell him to give him the money. They went on a manhunt through this town in Kansas that day, and they were specifically looking for a black person. There was no other description. People testified at this man's trial that they saw a black man running that day. We saw a black man with a, a dark jacket running about that time. Where was he running to? He was running over that way. This was what the whole trial was. These are who the witnesses were. This man's public defender sat by and let this testimony go on. What does a black man sound like? That's going to be the discussion today with Mr. James Griffin as soon as he calls. In reviewing his case and going over it, the, the family has, has, has gotten me to, to be you know, the advocate for the family. So, um, and going through his discovery, all the evidence, it's, it's disgusting. Like, this is really, really disgusting. First off, Bob testified at trial that he was blindfolded, yet the first officer on the scene who was observant enough to see a shell casing laying off to the side and be observant enough not to step on that shell casing as they were trying to decide what to do with this this man. I mean, they had to save this man's life. He was shot in the chest. There was no blindfold, no blindfold in evidence. Nobody never mentioned anything about a blindfold until trial came. And yet, this man's attorney didn't even question that. Where did the blindfold come from? What happened to it? How come it's not in evidence? Furthermore, this man has been robbed two previous times, Mr. Bob Frazier at Carlos O'Kelly's. He was robbed two prior times, and he was so fearful of being robbed again that he actually moved his safe to a quote-unquote safer location. No pun intended. This is how conscious 
Bob was of being robbed again yet. However, on this particular day, when somebody came up behind Bob and told Bob, give me the money. Like nobody speaks like that anyhow. I mean, I'm, I've been a criminal for the first half of my life. I've never spoke. I don't walk up to people and tell them, give me the money. I mean, this is Hollywood stuff. But anyhow, this is what Bob testified to. Somebody walked up behind him and said, give me the money. Bob said, stop playing. Go back to work. As if this, he thought it was one of his employees playing. Now, this is a man who has been robbed twice. And so scared of being robbed again that he moved his safe. But yet on this one particular day, he thought it was a joke. And told his worker to go back. The man said, I'm not playing. Give me the money. Bob testified when he turned around, he had got shot. But where did the blindfold come in at? The blindfold never comes in until it's time to describe who the shooter was. I don't know. I was blindfolded. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. What did he sound like, Bob? Well, shit. He sounded black. I know that. Sounded like a black man. This is the testimony. <laughs> they found this man guilty. Two years after two years, political pressure, white man got shot by a black man. Boy, we got to find these people. Somebody's got to get arrested for this. And that was a prominent white man. That's what was said at court. A prominent white man. The town was in an uproar that this prominent white man had been shot by a black robber. Hello. Hey, what's up, Pete? What is going on, partner? Man, you know, still fighting for justice. So, let the listeners know. Give them a quick rundown of who you are and how you got in prison. Okay. Um, I'm James Griffin, and I was uh, charged in Topeka, Kansas, for a robbery that allegedly they said that a guy was robbed and shot during the process taking something, some money, I guess, which was never taken or um, any means of stealing anything, but other than this guy saying that who shot him sounded black. Um, I've been trying to fight for my innocence here to secure the fact is that I don't know this man. I've never met this man. I've never seen him in my life. And let alone spoken to him in any kind of means. So, other than that, I was convicted. Now, at the time of this crime, you were two hours away, correct? Yes. And how did they pin you to the crime that day? Well, they said that there was some witnesses saying that I said I committed this crime. It was a story that was concocted going around the, the, the town. And this was two years after the crime that you eventually got arrested, right? It was approximately that time, yes. And it was a story that was concocted that was going around town until ultimately there were two witnesses that were willing to testify against you, right? That's right. 
And those, well, there was multiple witnesses, but there was two key witnesses that tied you specifically to the crime. And that's how important they were to this case and your conviction. Who were those two people? And who are they to you? Uh, people that I've been knowing for quite some time, and and Lemetrius, he's supposed to, he's part half my cousin because of a uh, marriage. And, and Melissa is who? She was a girl that was dating Lemetrius. So they knew each other, and they were oh, fond of each other. Close. Okay, they were very close. Now these two individuals testified against you. As to what? What did these two people say against you? Well, just that they've heard me saying or I said that I was involved in shooting this guy and robbing this guy. And that's what they... And that's what they testified at trial. Did anybody else testify at your trial as as to who knew you or, or was these two people... The tie to the crime. No, these, these, oh no, all these witnesses was no tie to the crime. They were just basically somebody that said that they either heard me say I did this crime or I told them that I did this crime. That's that was all the witnesses consist of in this crime to even charge me with this crime, other than me being black, with owning a black car. That's it. Now. How did I come in the picture? Well, um, through uh, a lady that allegedly told me she was a paralegal that was allegedly supposed to have been helping me, you know, free me. And just, and, but that's, she's all, it's been a whole deception in it, involving her. And you was generally brought in through that means, and that's where. You did your part in helping us investigate this case and try to bring some sort of solution to what has happened, but you also exposed a fraudulent paralegal that was claimed to be paralegal that was was still in front of us from me and my family. So, you know that that's basically. So the so so the plug the plug the listener in what James is is describing is is I was brought into contact with the Griffin family through a woman named Trisha Joe. You can go on my podcast and look for the title Where in the World is Trisha Joe and you can get the full story on that. However, that's not what this point is. This point is because this family don't know me and James has been incarcerated and he has never saw me before. He has no access to, to really video or pictures because he is in confinement right now. So the only interaction that I've had with James is through telephone call. And James had been speaking with me for, I don't know, maybe a several weeks. And it came to the context that James and I was talking personally one time. And what did you find out about me, James? What was the shocker about me to you? Let me see. I might need to... Well, the way you talk, I kind of assumed you was a different race, which, you know, I didn't want to say that because I, I, I feel like that's, that's, that's disrespectful by assuming what someone's race is by not knowing, you 
you know, just because of the sound of their voice. So that's why, you know, yeah, you, you, you shocked me because, you know, you, you have, you, you make sense when you talk. And it just, you know, it's... Well, and that's that's kind of the context of what 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 we're talking about here today is is what does black sound like, right? Uh, very, very good. Yes, yes. And this is this is a, a perfect example of of exactly that because as I've told James, if I was in the courtroom that day and I was sitting in the back and and the jurors got a chance to to hear me without seeing me, and allowed those jurors to to pick my race. I would I, because it was an all white jury that convicted this black man. And I would assume I would speculate that a majority of them would probably say that I was black. And then when I walked out into the courtroom and asked that question, what does black sound like? You know, it, it, it would. It would diminish the case completely because the whole case was was based upon the fact that a man sounded black that robbed him. Yeah. And I'm glad you, you are speaking on that topic because I, like, I've, you know, I've always had a major concern on that topic because, you know, I was the one in that courtroom experiencing this and seeing and hearing that this guy is sitting up here on the stand saying that the guy that did this to him sounded black. And I just could not, I can't, I still have a hard time understanding that this man had made this statement and this prosecutor had also elaborated on that statement by pushing that that statement on this jury of literally of 12 people that wasn't black or African American that I considered that would fairly understand how it felt to hear that statement and be judged by that statement and not be judged by me doing this crime or committing this crime you know um, no one considered the fact is how disrespectful that was and this man did not even know me or even could even consider saying that I was the one that did this you know or even give a description or size or, or, or anything to where someone would understand that even it was a black man that committed this crime. You know, nobody questioned this man. Nobody asked this man, like, how do you, or where do you consider this person being black? It didn't. You know, I mean, other than you saying he sounded like he was black. Let me ask no, um, let me ask you this James when when you were going through your trial did did you feel like James Griffin was on trial or a black man was on trial You know what I didn't feel like me at all I didn't feel like a human being I didn't feel like a citizen an African American citizen because I wasn't looked at like that you know, everybody looked at me. The judge looked at me. The prosecutor looked at me. The jury looked at me. And they all alienated me as if I wasn't nobody. Like, you know, like, because I was the only black person in that trial. I was going to just ask you that. How many black people were in the courtroom? Me. That's why I felt like I was just alienated. I, I didn't. I just, in I a didn't, room full I of white people. And a white man, 
in a room full a black man in a room full of white people and the victim was white yes and this man didn't even consider it at all stuttering when he said that the guy that he believed it to this sounded black and the jury and everybody the prosecutor the judge eric rosen was the judge michael michael haney was the prosecutor and they all looked at me just as if I wasn't not, I couldn't say I wasn't like, I was just less than a human. And it was just, it's just, it was just so humiliating and it's still humiliating. And it's still something that I can't get out of the back of my mind because no one wanted to hear that I was innocent and that I didn't know this man and that I didn't do anything to harm this man or, or anything. This man didn't care. He just, they wanted somebody black convicted. And it's just tormenting, that's all. It's just it's just real tormenting. You have talked for fifteen minutes for a total cost of two dollars and ten cents. This message is at no cost. You may continue speaking now. And you've been in prison for twenty years now, right? Yeah, twenty years trying to get somebody to understand that they got the wrong person. Who is, I've been trying to tell people this. Who has listened to you? Nobody. Nobody. That's why I'm trying to reach out to everybody that would just take a moment and listen to what has actually happened here. You know, everything is, is proven that these state officials did everything they could to manipulate and, and, and deceive people in that community into believing that somebody black committed this crime when this guy doesn't even know if a black person actually did this to him. No one seems to, 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 to understand that this guy doesn't even know who did this to him. Nobody knows. Nobody. And I question it today because now they say he was robbed. I mean, somebody tried to rob him, but nothing was taken. Nobody didn't take anything from this guy. This is just this guy saying that somebody tried to rob him. And nobody investigated this man's story or even under, tried to check to see why. You know, and I wanted to throw something also out for the people to listen that how damaging how 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 this affects people of color is a, like the situation where the woman that said that a black guy drowned her kids took her kids and drowned them and they come to find out because they investigated and they found out that that was a lie she did it you know and this is the same scenario but other even it's even worse because this man hasn't even seen anybody and he's saying out his own mouth that somebody did this that sounded black and and that was it and then once once that news spread that morning again this is a small hick town and once that news spread that morning you had people all over this small town that wanted to be part of the action bob got shot who shot him a black man a black man shit i just saw a black man running 
That man could have been out for a jog. Nobody even knew who the man was. They just saw a black man running. That's it. It's funny you said that because there was a black guy that they stopped from the police reports where um, he was stopped. They followed him all the way into the store dressed like yeah. they said the description of. And um, I don't know if you read that in the police reports, but yeah, yeah it's in the police reports yeah. where they stopped that guy and basically harassed him. Yeah, they stereotyped him. But they straight up harassed that, that person that you're talking about. And that solidifies the fact even more so that they were just going around and harassing any black person that fit the description of 5'7 to 5'9, possibly around 200 pounds. And one and one witness even said that uh, they, they thought that they saw a, a, a protruding lower lip. Which James don't even have. <laughs> yes, they tied all that. They, it was, it was like I said, this was racially. It was any way you look at it, it was racially profiled into to to, to, to basically discriminate and, and and make black people look like we're bad people. So 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 where we're at now, right? What what Mr. Griffin and the family is is really hollering about is because. We have uncovered the fact that Mr. Griffin has an alibi. And going back to the Trisha Joe, you know, when I went out to Kansas to to aid this family doing what I do because Trisha Joe was a fraud. She was acting as if she was a paralegal. However, she she was just a drug addicted person who was very, very manipulative, a master manipulator. And she's been doing this her whole life. So she needed a front, though, and her front left her. There was a big squabble. They left her and she was exposed and she knew that she could not carry this fraudulent activity any longer. This and the Griffin family was was her cash cow because they were so desperate about getting this man home and she was feeding them all of this gas. Mean they would they they were just giving whatever they could because this woman was feeding them what they wanted to hear. And at the end, the realization that the woman was a fraud left this this family now penniless to continue this man's journey. Now, we've gotten two recanted statements. Those two recanted statements came from the two individuals that James spoke about earlier, right? The, the woman and the man. And these recanted statements, I have one audio which you can go on my TikTok, you can go on my Facebook. I have podcasts where I play sections of that actual audio and you can hear it for yourself what she says. She's, she literally says, I was not there. I only testified to what these people told me to say. The story that, that everybody was saying. That was, that was what this woman said amongst many other things. So her testimony and then the Demetrius quote-unquote Michi, his recanted letter, which the judge, it, it got filed into the court, and the judge, of course, shot it down as crazy, it's crazy talk, and, and all of these things. So we have these statements. Um, Melissa's statement alone is a Brady violation. We have the keys to get this man out of prison. However, this fraudulent lady came and stole all their money, and they have no means to hire an attorney now who wants $15,000 a 
to, to retain unless we can find somebody with a kind heart out there in the Kansas area that can file pro bono, that would be willing to take this pro bono just on the strength of, of the civil rights publicity that this would, would grab when this man is released. Because it doesn't stop there. I mean, people are going to pay for this atrocity. People are eating steak right now, living the hog life off this man's innocence. And that bothers me. And I know it bothers Mr. Griffin and his family. These people have gotten, their, their lives have escalated off this case. They got promoted off this case. And all the while, this man, this human being, at the end of the day, he's a human being who came here to live his life is the subject. He's the sacrifice. And and I know me, I didn't come here to be anybody's sacrificial lamb, and I, I could probably rest assured James didn't either. So this is why we come to the public, and this is why we raise the awareness that we do. This is why I do what I do, because I am a voice for the voiceless, because I've left good brothers like this behind. And I will not let them be forgotten, because there are many innocent people in prison. We just watched... Our government raid the ex-president's house. That's never been heard of. It's never, you only see that in third world countries. They do that in Brazil. They do that in Venezuela. It's happening here in America. If that does not open we the people's eyes to what is going on and know that we got American citizens that are being incarcerated innocently for political gain, we have to come together and stick by one another. This man's been in prison for 20 years. Innocent. How do you even cope with that? It's disgusting. And people can go home after that and, and, and kiss their, their, their spouses and tell their family and sit around and drink wine like they're good people. How? How can human beings do that? Knowing that you just lied and put a person in prison. But it's justifiable in your mind because it's a black man. I just need people to understand that, you know, that there's a lot to be understood here. And that I need people to help to look into this and to just listen. There's a lot more to this that people don't understand that this case has been intentionally and deliberately set up to happen this way. And there's more facts to it. And there's a lot more to come. And I need your help, and I need everyone involved. Because this really happens. How people can help, we have a fundraiser going. Um, you can go to Facebook again, search for at James Griffin Story. The title of the page is He Sounds Black. The fundraiser is in there. It's on GoFundMe. You know, James Griffin is, is all over the place. And you can you can help. You can donate and you can support their um, the family wants to bring me back out to Kansas because there's so many other people for me to to run down. In the case, there were there were three teenage boys that were brought in by the police and the report that these boys gave like they knew something. They knew what was up. They knew what was up. And I like the investigation just stopped on them. It just stopped on them. And these and these kids were talking about, you know, uh, such and such, you know, said that he was going to shoot them. And they called me the night before and asked me if I wanted to go rob 
you know, the, the guys and I told them no and they hung up on me and like these kids are laying it out. But at the end of the day, they just say it was it was a high school prank. We just wanted to be cool and, and, and feel like we we fit in. Oh, OK. And then they moved on. It's, it's the, this is the craziest shit. One of the aside for Tamujin Kinsu's case out of Michigan. This is probably the next craziest case that I've ever heard, man. That's why we need America to hear this and understand that this does happen. Wrongful convictions. Please, people, understand this. Please. And since you've been incarcerated, you've been having issues inside as well, right? Yeah, this this is this is this whole time has been a nightmare. It's it's a reality that it's been hard for me to understand and be able to accept because I just can't see what they did to me. It's something that I have to, I have to accept and I have to live what I've been put through. They, this is this has been mentally torture on my mind because I, I'm, I'm not able to, grasp what these people have done to me or and took my life away from me and, and, the, and the family that they took from me that I didn't get to have because it ruined my relationship it ruined just it ruined my life it ruined my life how, how do you cope with it James like what what is what do you do like that has to bother you knowing that you're incarcerated, you're in prison, everything that's going on around you and you're not even supposed to be there. And yet the more you yell it, like people just look at you like you're crazy. Everybody, you know, everybody in prison says they're innocent. That's that's the joke out here. Every every guilty person says they're innocent. So it's it's again it, it, it's propaganda that's been put out there to muddy the waters to get us to oversee these wrongful convictions the, the way that we do so that when James does come forward and say man I'm innocent yeah yeah whatever okay well you know what I, I'm glad you brought that up too there's one way to only tell him the truth and the truth is only said one way now the state has those these theories in a theory is never the truth that's what if there's two difference to that to that method to finding out if a person is actually innocent or not okay and it's there's and that's that's my main issue has been for years in the state i've said it you have talked for 30 minutes for a total cost of four dollars and 20 cents this message is at no cost you may continue speaking now. I've made very clear that there's only one thing that I've told these people, that they were wrong, and I told the judge, I told the jury, I told the prosecutor, and I told my state court-appointed attorney, you've all made a mistake, and you convicted the wrong person here. And I said that once, and I meant it that way. And anything that they try to put into into um, the into the situation to say that I was guilty. It's always been a theory. It's never been a fact. And facts always corroborate truth. And I've said that, and I stand by that today. And I got proof 
that they put they put an innocent man in penitentiary for 20 years and they know it and i got the proof and i've been saying it for years and nobody's wanting to listen this attorney general Derek smith he knows that he went to denver and he even said it in denver that he knew that this conviction was invalid i got it in black and white and I, I don't mind sharing it with the world because i got proof of that now and, you know, and it's like what do you, like what do we do with that you know it's it's the thing of it is is that at the end of the day we have been trained out here to not care to turn our eye away from it because we got our own issues going on but people understand this 20 years 20 years However old you are right now, just go back 20 years and think about the life that you've lived within that 20 years. And this man has only lived one life, and that was to prove his innocence. He's been in, he's been in the same, he's been in the prison, in a six by eight cell, fighting against gangs, being in a place that he doesn't even belong, wasn't even supposed to be there for 20 years. I did 13 and I was tired like I was tired. So when I hear these guys that sit there and say 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, I can't even imagine that because at 13 years I was tired. Like tired, tired. That's why I say, you know, like people like this, you know, (laughs) you really don't understand how strong people like us are. How we continue, we, we, we endure, all in just wanting to be right, just to show people that this wasn't me. How many of this man's family member questioned that? You know, it's, it's just, it's a horrible thing to do to another human being, all for public gain, political gain, career gain, and it's always going to come back on you. It's always going to come back on you. What else you got, James? Talk to the people. Well, I just want everyone to know that, you know, I hope that someone's out there listening and someone understands that this is just not me or you issue or concern here. This is all of us. And there's a, a problem and there's an issue understanding how society overlooks people that claim they're innocent. And yes, I do understand there's a lot of people out there that claim they're innocent. And it's quite frustrating hearing it all the time. But you have to understand all of them ain't guilty. That's the truth. And the more we're finding, the more we're digging, the more we're finding how many really truly are innocent and it's not no 5% it damn sure ain't no 5% of of 3 million incarcerated only you're saying only 5% is innocent no and if those 5% are innocent why are they not out see again because we're collateral damage when we sit here and we listen to these people talk we justify it in our minds even though that we know that what they're saying is crazy talk we still justify it because we tell ourselves what can we do this is the whole premise of my show and my podcast is telling you what we can do. We the people, we the people, we're the boss, 
We own this country and we need to stand up, take a hold of our nuts again and stand up and protect our people. We, the people, the community. And it doesn't matter if they're incarcerated, they're addicted, they're homeless. It does not matter. We are supposed to protect these people and look out for them. And when we have a man that proclaims his innocence and not only proclaims his innocence, but has the factual evidence to back up what he claims, then we, the people, are supposed to be taken to the streets for this man. Why don't we? Why don't we? Why is it that when the federal government raids Donald Trump's house, you got 5,000 Americans out in front of this guy's house? Why aren't we doing that for all our people? Why are we doing it for just Donald Trump? I'd like to know that if feds came in my house illegally, that I would have 5,000 people behind me. Like, no, that's an American citizen, man. You can't do that. Why don't we do that? Why is it that when we're on an airplane, one man is getting kicked off because they don't like his mask or he's not wearing the right mask? Like all the Americans on that plane just sit there in silence and don't say nothing. We don't look out for each other. All we hope is that that attention is not directed on us. But little by little, us is being picked out of the crowd. And this is what James is trying to tell you. This is what I try to tell you. You sit here in silence and don't say nothing until it happens to you. Then you come in my groups that I'm in talking about, man, I can't believe this crap happened to me. You know, you you said it, but I just didn't think it would happen to me. I hear it all the time. I bring these people on that call me from prison. Man, Thomas, please get my word out there what they done to me. Me and this man, James Griffin, has been trying to get his story in the news, trying to get it out into the media. I've contacted I don't know how many news stations. This man has been incarcerated for 20 years. He don't understand the Internet. He does not understand where society sits at now. The narcissistic, egoic mindset where society is at now. I'm trying to tell him, like, James, these people don't give a shit, man. Like, they're just trying to pay for gas and get food on their shelves. It's hard for people to pay attention to another man's story right now. But we have to. We have to. We have to. Because James's story and so many others, Temujin Kinsu's story, all these people's stories is the reason why we are where we're at now. Think of all the tax dollars that go into keeping this man incarcerated for 20 years. Innocent. You know how much money has went into that? This is what we, the taxpayer, the, the, the taxpayer has to start understanding is that we're incarcerating people to feed a political gain. The prison industrial system is a slave ship. Billions and billions of dollars, billions of dollars is made off this prison industrial system and they have to keep it full, innocent or not. They don't give a shit. And yet we turn a blind eye to it. This is a human being. He's not no black man. I'm not no white man. We're freaking human beings just trying to survive. Like we didn't ask to come here. We were brought here. And, and what, what right do you have to control my life so that you can have a little better life because of my skin color? That, that is completely irrelevant to anything other than protection from the sun? Like, where, where the fuck is humanity gone, man? For real. 
that people can sit down and watch football. Tom Brady, knowing that this man, this man likes Tom Brady. Or maybe he don't. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm using Tom Brady. I, sure do. I like Tom Brady. I always throw Tom Brady under the bus, man, because I know Tom Brady is like Michael Jackson, man. These people, these people will will throw their panties at Tom Brady, men or not. Like you know, and you have you you know you got these these people, Beyonce and and and, and what's this other. The chick from New York, man, that that um, with the WAP, what's her name? Cardi B. You had these people that got millions and millions and millions of followers, and yet they choose to only speak on certain topics because they know that some topics are not to be spoken on because you got power. When you got millions of followers, you got power. So that's why why don't we hear these stars telling their followers, man, y'all. Y'all put in a dollar to this foundation right here. We're going to we're going to get computers in our schools, top notch computers. You know what? You don't hear them doing nothing like that. It's all about whatever it is they got going on for themselves to make themselves richer. But, yeah, you got Tamujin Kinsu. You got you got Curtis Davis, Jr. You got James Griffin. You got you got John Merritt. Innocent factually innocent and i know that because i've seen the facts and yeah what do we do we have to that's where we want people to know that we're not going to give up on giving on getting the facts out to them getting people to understand getting people to know that what we have to say is important and that we want people to know that this is reality this is what's really going on you know, a lot of people's not going through this, or a lot of people's not in the mind thinking that this really happens because people go to jail, it's because of something they had to do. And that's not true. People do go to jail for some things, but some people go to jail for stuff that they don't do. You know, and the reality of what I'm saying is you can't judge people. You can't, you cannot make people think that someone has done something wrong when you don't know yourself. That's a reality. That is something that people out there need to really think about. You know, you don't want to take somebody from something without knowing. That's That's all I ask. That's right. Ask yourself, listener. Ask yourself why you get nervous when you get around a cop. Ask yourself why you get anxious and nervous when a cop comes up and starts asking you questions. Even in your mind, you know, you know in your mind you have nothing to worry about. You've done nothing wrong, but yet when a cop comes up and starts questioning you, you get nervous. You know why? Because you know. Deep down, you know that these people will lock you up for anything, and you know what it would take to prove your innocence. That's why you get nervous. That's why you get anxious. Because you know that these people will slap handcuffs on you and take you downtown and that your career will be ruined, regardless if you're found guilty or not guilty. That's why, because deep down, listener, you know that these people are corrupt. And yet when this man sits here and talks about his innocence, he gets shut down. We admit to the corruption, but yet we deny it. 
All this shit goes back to Malcolm X, man. The hypocrisy of democracy. Yes, it does. And discrimination does exist. Profiling, racial profiling, and race, and let me let everyone know, racial profiling doesn't have anything to do with just black. It's white, Latino, or whatever race. You can racial profile someone by just saying the sound of what you believe or who they are. When law official is involved, trust me. You have talked for 45 minutes for a total cost of $6.30. This message is at no cost. You may continue speaking now. Man, this time tomorrow, partner, I'm going to be on a friggin' plane to Switzerland. <laughs> That's a long ride, man. I'm not even looking forward to it, man. It's a nine and a half hour flight in a plane with a bunch of weirdos, I'm sure, man. Well, you know what? I'm glad to hear you getting away from this country for a little bit. I am too. what we're going through. I am too. You know, ever since I left the country the first time, it was an eye opener for me, James, because people hate us. When I got away from the ports, because, uh, you know, my first time going out of the country, I, I, I went on a cruise, you know, to, to other countries. And when you get away from the ports, because most tourists just stay in the ports and whatnot. But when you get out of the ports and you get into the towns, the, 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 the true culture of whatever country you're in, you'll see that we're hated. We're hated. And it was an, it was an eye opener. It was a realization because I never I never thought of it that way. I thought I thought everybody loved America. That's what I've always been told. Everybody loves America. People love Americans only because of our money. That's the only reason. And it, and it, and it just it just started making me realize that you know what, man? My whole life I grew up thinking that America was protecting us from all these bullies. But come to find out we're the bully. We've been the bully. And and, and no, nah, they didn't teach us that in school. We've been the invaders. We've been the bullies, and we see that now when we go to different countries. This is why, like what you said, was so beautiful because I am getting out of this country, and when I do, those are the first questions that I start asking these people from other other countries. Like you know, what's your view on Americans? How do you, what do you think about Americans? First word out of nine out of ten of them, entitled. Americans are entitled. They think they know everything. But yet we, we just keep on trucking full steam ahead like nobody that like nobody else matters. It's it's the craziest thing this America and what it what it's turned into, man. And the other how the other country feels about us because you know the opposite is America's always telling us that we're loved, like you said. This is a loved country. But it's not. At all. In a lot of sense. Because there is good people here in America. It's just digging through them to find the good ones, just like it is trying to find an innocent man among the bad ones. It's like this here, right, homie? People want to come, you know, Brittany Griner. This whole thing going on with Brittany Griner. People want to come, oh my God, it's an atrocity what they've done to Brittany Griner. That's cruel and unusual punishment nine years for marijuana i said there's a guy in arizona right now with seven life sentences for 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 marijuana really yeah oh and that's it it's the craziest shit that i've ever heard in my life man when you 
when you when you bring America into the mix, like people don't want to accept it. Oh, well, he must have killed somebody. No, he didn't kill nobody. Oh, I don't believe that. <laughs> okay. That's the first thing they say, don't it? <laughs> yes, sir. First thing they say. What happened yeah, to Brittany Griner has happened here to thousands of people in all 50 states. Every day. Somebody. But it's an atrocity. People in prison right now love to have Brittany Griner sentenced. You'd have been out 10 years ago. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah. The bad thing is I just wish I had a different voice. But I think that wouldn't have made any difference because my skin changed everything. that made it seem as they didn't need a voice. So that just got me into the courtroom to say I was guilty. You, you were just... You were just, the ball landed on you that day, man. For whatever reason, the ball landed on you. Because if you would have had a different voice and it wouldn't have been you, it would have been another black man. It just so happened that the ball landed on you, partner. But I do want to ask people out there, seriously, how much do you think you're going to get for this? You know, I don't even know what that means. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean ghetto? Does that mean urban? Like, like when you say that he sounds like a black man, you know, does, does, I mean, I've been told that I know what it means coming from a white man when they, when they tell me that I've even had white man tell me, don't, don't come talk to me like no, no black dude. What does that even mean? No, I do because I'm sitting here thinking, homie, right? Like, when have I ever heard anybody say that sounded, you know, you sounded like a white person? And again, the only time that I've ever heard that is a white person talking to a black person who is educated and articulate. You know what I mean? Like they would say, oh, you sound you sound like a white person. And a lot of times it'd be like, okay, for instance. My ex, my toxic ass ex that stole everything from me with her toxic ass. But anyhow, that's a whole nother story. She was very well educated. She's very articulate. She was raised in Canada, went to one school her whole life, right? A, a Baptist school up there in Canada, in Toronto. Very articulate, corporate, and Jamaican. Like black, black, which I don't really like using those terms, but... She was a, a, a dark-skinned woman. And you would never know that anybody would, you know, would assume that she was a, a quote-unquote white chick over the phone. My own homeboys in the hood. Man, that ain't no black chick. You ain't got no sister, man. That's a white girl. She just, she just looks black. This is, th- these are the stereotypes and things that would be said about this woman. She'd be called an African-American. And that was, she, would, she would get enraged with that. 
Like, I'm not African-American. I'm not African, I, nor am I American. You know, and, and it's just all of these, this this crap over race that is, it is a fictitious word, first and foremost, right? It's a made-up lie. The whole thing is a lie. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. There's There's no... There's no such thing as race. We made it up to divide people. And yet we, we stick to it day in and day out. It's in every fabric of our life to the point that we can't even think outside of race. Race is the first thing that comes in our head because it's been used as a description. How to describe somebody. What color was he? Black. What color was he? White. Okay. That makes that makes it so much easier because now you don't have to describe a black person. You don't have to describe a white person. You just say that he was black or he was white. Very simple. Well, like it's, when it comes down to facts and, and, and law and to, to the understanding of, of who you say did something, you got a right to say, OK, it was black, white, Latino or whatever. But when it comes to voice. No, you don't, because that's when you definitely pick the wrong person. I, I don't even think I don't even think you have the right to do that because of the stigma that's behind it. Because when you tell when you tell a white person, when you tell a white person that the person was black, they automatically have an image of black in their mind. So so they're already finding guilt in their mind because they know that it's a black person. And that's been that's been proven solid, because if 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 I was to go if I was to go to a white person and tell a white person, man, somebody stole something from me right nah, man, I don't think anybody stole from you. You know, nobody would steal from you and this and that. Well, there was a black fella that came. Oh, well, shit. You know what I mean? The whole context changes. Well, did you see him do it? You know what I mean? No, you ain't see him do it, but you automatically you automatically assume because you have you've had so many white people around and nobody has stolen anything before that as soon as a black person comes around, something comes up missing. But how do you know that the white person didn't steal that knowing that you were going to blame the black person? Yeah, you just when you have and that's when you see and that's when you fair minded people come in of different races that can help understand that why did you choose that that's you know people break stuff down if, if you know what I mean it's, and it doesn't and you know truthfully it doesn't have to do with race it just has to do with people understanding that you can't judge people you know you can't say that this person did that without knowing they did it that's that's just my whole thing of trying to get people to understand you. Amen. You know, to focus on. Amen. You know? I know one thing. I know where I was at. If I accused another man of, 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 of anything and I was wrong about that, man, listen, man, I might as well, I might as well strap up because I know what's coming at me. That man's coming at me with a knife. I've accused this man incorrectly. There's repercussions. That's the point. The point is, is that there's repercussions and I'm told that when I get in there, man, listen, you better have facts. You're accusing this dude of stealing your property. You better have facts about that. You just can't say that this man stole your stuff. Even if I knew that he stole it, I got I to gotta prove it.
because there's repercussions behind a false accusation. But in our society, there's not. Prosecutors can falsely accuse however, whenever they want. They have a whole force of people in blue to back up whatever it is that they say. I want Congress to hear this. That's why I want representatives to hear this. I want people of power that's above power that has authority to look at these people, to look at how they are prosecuting cases, how they're going about investigation and their investigation. I need people to hear what's going on. That's why it's important that people listen to what our message is here today. It's because we need people to understand that people is violating people, and it's serious. It's serious, and it's people with power that's doing it. It's abusing their authority to do it, and there's and they don't understand that this is people's lives that's being destroyed. People's families are dying. Well, it's 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 all of our lives right so so what i want the listener what i want the listener to understand is it's not just james's life because what happens is when this is happening all across our country our beautiful country what is happening is our homes are being destroyed our homes are being our communities are being destroyed because men and women are being sent to prison it's breaking the construct of the home it's separating the families. This is why we see the carnage and the chaos that we got going on with our children because there's no structure. People stay blessed. Let's fight for each other. And let's come to the truth. I need the truth. I believe in everybody out there. Justice for James Griffin. Justice for James Griffin, man. I love you, brothers. Keep your head strong, and, and when I get back from the, from from these people's country, I'm gonna see what we can do about getting me back out there, man. I I want to talk to them kids, man. I want to find them kids, and I want to talk to them. Yes, that's a good idea, and I'm waiting on you too when you come back. No question, partner. You you rest easy, man, and just do what you can do, and that is it. On the other end, the man hangs up his phone, and he's in his cell. He's got a phone in his cell. Right now, I guarantee he's probably just sitting on the side of his bunk in this 6 by 8 cell. Who knows what's going through his mind, man. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in, um, especially for my wisdom listeners. Thank you guys. Do what you can. Justice for James Griffin. You can go to Facebook at James Griffin story and find the page there he sounded black there's a GoFundMe on there you can donate to try to help me get back out to Kansas we can raise enough money to get this man an attorney get his case in the court again he was taken by a fraudulent paralegal for over $20,000 I didn't want to say that on the phone with him because it's of course it's disturbing to the family but $20,000 is what this family gave to a fraudulent drug addicted woman who was feeding off their desperation of getting this loved man home 
He has family. He has a child he's never even seen. She was six months old. Same as my child. This child had to, had to grow up for the last 20 years about her dad, her dad being the one to, to rob this store and shoot this man. It's completely untrue. These are the stories of the incarcerated, the innocent that are incarcerated. Tamujin Kinso, same story. 36 years. You talk about political corruption, it's still ongoing today. Dana Nessel, the AG up in Michigan, corruption. Corruption. Powerful people who have manipulated our justice system to fuel their agenda. These are narcissistic demons. These are demons. Demonic human beings that are incarcerating people innocently, knowing that they're innocent. Let's not forget Kamala Harris and what she did out in California. Let five innocent people die. Let five innocent men die on death row. We never do anything until it strikes home. People, I love you. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Thomas Freeme TV and Podcast Show. Again, you can go to www.cominghomecoalition.com. Please donate there. We have a fundraiser coming up here in the Tampa Bay area to get homeless people supplies, care packages. Uh, you can send packages. We're looking for travel size soaps, shampoos, shower shoes, Feminine products, toothpaste, toothbrushes, razors, um, Narcan for the addicted. Just things like that. We're going to put them. We've, we've ordered some small little nice bags. Nice bags, reusable bags that they can they can keep their stuff waterproof. All of that. We're going to put all of that stuff in these bags. We're going to pick a day and a location out in the Tampa Bay area. And we're going to just pass these bags out. So... If you guys want to be part of that, please, you can donate www.cominghomecoalition.com. Address 8466 North Lockwood Ridge Road, number 110. That's Sarasota, Florida, 34243. Just send packages um, titled CHC, Coming Home Coalition, fundraiser, and we'll get that. And start putting these bags together, get them out for the holidays, the cold weather. I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be a cold weather this year. Um, Coming Home Coalition is a tax-exempt company, nonprofit charity, and that's it. Trying to to look out for our community. It's a community outreach. Many things are gonna be going in. I'll be moving into the office September first. This is my first office. You know, it's a it's a big accomplishment for me, man, because I've been incarcerated for most of my life. I came home six years ago, didn't have much support. Only two people really stood behind me, supported me. The rest would just give me an attaboy. But there was never no help. No help. Now, I am the founder of Coming Home Coalition. I am the founder of the Thomas Freeme TV and podcast show. And I've just been sharing my experiences with the American people, trying to get them to understand what this prison industrial system has done to our communities and continues to do. And what will happen if it is allowed to continue? So it's time for we the people to stand up and show unity. I don't know what we do. Do we, do we not pay taxes in 2022? 
Do we not do do we not pay taxes? What do we do? What do we do to show the government that we're not friggin' playing with these people anymore? That's my thing. That's what I've been spreading on TikTok. No taxes. We're not paying taxes. We're keeping our money this year. I don't know. How does that sound to you guys? Anyway, you guys can always reach out to me. All you have to do is Google Thomas Freeman. You'll find all my platforms. Please make sure to subscribe, like, share.